This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Howdy dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Westworld Podcast, the podcast where we recap and review each episode of the hit HBO sci-fi series Westworld. Today we're talking about the season three finale, Crisis Theory, directed by Jennifer Getzinger and written by Denise Tay and Jonathan Nolan. So we talked about this a bit before, usually, or at least for season one finale, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy got together to direct it. They didn't do it this time. This time it was Jennifer Getzinger, whose first episode was two episodes ago, the one where Charlotte Hale exploded. Wow. So we've truly come full circle now, huh? You say a joke at the beginning. Oh, and then I about don't Ryan's say who name, you are. Right. And I don't say then who Ryan is. We get, yeah, we get to the end of the season, and you just forget I exist completely. No, Honestly, I didn't introduce myself either. I'm James, and the, and the guy complaining is Ryan. Well, yeah, complaining, I think, for a good reason. You, yeah, true, though. You didn't even remember you existed, let alone myself. Can I be that mad when you forgot of your own place in this world? The answer to that is yes. So before we jump into the show, because we know you guys don't listen to the ends of podcasts, we just want to remind you that we do have a Patreon and that supporters of the show for just a dollar or more a month get access to two bonus episodes a month, a patrons-only Discord chat, and a shout-out at the end of each show. We just finished watching the episode, and so, you know, my blood is up to talk about this. Your blood's up? Yeah, that's an old-timey expression for... I'm Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I don't think I believe you. <laughs> Jennifer Getzinger, okay, director. Why did you hesitate as you said that? I didn't love Decoherence. I think you liked it more than me. Yeah. Um... It stands to reason if you didn't like it, I did. That's sort of how the season went. This episode I liked a bit more, I guess, but uh, Denise Tay is like a, a Westworld OG writer. She's written several episodes, and then, you know, it might not be necessarily her or Jonathan Nolan's fault, because you can only write with what you've been given, the place in the story where this episode starts, and where it's supposed to end, the writing I didn't think was very strong in this episode either. I guess what I'm getting out in front is that I didn't love this season finale. I I think we are perhaps finally on the same page. I didn't love the season finale either. Although I think I liked it more than you did. I liked it better than most of the season. Granted, there was one or two scenes in this season finale that I thought were very, very well written. And there were moments in time where it wasn't well written at all. It was very apparent that the writing was bad, or it's just hairpiece version of Caleb saying them that I can't stand. Well, I mean, do you remember last week I said like, oh, a lot of the things that happened at the end of episode seven I really liked, and then those things were totally retconned in episode eight. That didn't last long. Yeah, but there are some things that we hoped for that also did happen. So let's get into it because... Even with all the griping that is about to occur, there's going to be one or two bright spots, and uh, 
this this show is about hope, apparently. So I guess ours should be too. So if you watch this on HBO now, the first thing you get is several reasons why it's okay to do this or that during the quarantine because times are tough, okay? It's okay to not shower for days on end. Yeah, it, it's okay to just eat Pop-Tarts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's not your fault. Then we get a recap of seasons one, two, and three, kind of, narrated by Robert Ford. But it's not new audio, it's just his lines from the previous two seasons. Anthony Hopkins didn't need enough to show up to do this new audio. They Do you think he got they, paid? Oh, yeah. Tony, you talking Tony Hop, dude? Tony Hop don't get no pay, kid. I don't know why I said it like that. Then when the show proper starts, Dolores recaps the show. Right, double recap. Almost too many recaps. She recalls that she has died many times, but when the time for her true death has come, it will be because she decided. Okay, we see a season one version of Dolores. I was like, oh man, I missed that version of Dolores. We see a season two version of Dolores where she's Wyatt. And I was like, oh man, I don't miss that version of Dolores. And she's basically like, yeah, somebody programmed me to say that there's so much beauty in the world, but it's a fucking lie. <laughs> we see Caleb, whom after it was pointed out to us last week by a listener that he has a hairpiece, it's all I can see. We see the resolution of the William Cliffhanger from last episode. He shoots Stubbs in the chest. And Bernard tries to fight back, and seems like he's going to get the upper hand on William when the cops in some SWAT gear show up, and Man in Black William runs away, and then Lawrence takes his helmet off, and it's it's Dolores Lawrence, which is really hard to say. Dolores is here, and Clifton Collins Jr. has a cameo in this season. We couldn't get Tony Hopkins, but we did get... Clifton Collins Jr. I was so happy to see him. We got Clementine Pennyfeather. We got Lars. I mean, we didn't have the whole crew, but we had enough. And I was so glad to see... By the way, when the man in black ran away, I was like, okay, the police not doing their jobs very well. Yeah, okay, they just, they we'll just, just let just, him go. Right. And But it did make more sense that they just didn't care, and they were there to help Bernie. Also, something just occurred to me. In the police car were vats and vats of accelerant for fires. And at the end of this episode, that will come back. And uh, this just occurred to me. Uh, that Oh, my God. Lars did it, dude. Anyway. Caleb follows Dolores' assistant AI to an empty warehouse. This is a trope in robot movies where you there's like a box with a robot girl inside of her. This happens a lot in... Robot movies and in anime, and so we're doing it in this uh, episode of Westworld as well. And there's also a shit ton of guns inside the box. And it's Dolores, but it's, you know, it's just kind of her... It's like a skeleton, a black host skeleton, which I think is new. I don't think we've seen a black one yet. Aren't they usually, like, gray or white? No, I think they're usually black, made of unobtainium or adamantium. Either way, she doesn't have any skin. She's in a white robot casket this is within the distillery i believe that the yakuza slash musashi was hiding in and then promptly left but you're right the robot casket behind a locked door is such a heavily used trope he puts the pieces together and dolores comes back to life having picked up her pearl at the end of the last episode which i guess it means he found dolores minus an arm passed out on the ground 
flipped her over, the AI assistant telling him what to do the whole time, flips her over, gets a carving knife, and stabs it into the back of her skull, finds the pearl, the assistant's like, good work, now carve a hole in her mandula oblongata and get the pearl and put it in your pocket. And he's like, English please, virtual assistant. And the virtual assistant's just like, stab her head until you find a brain ball. And then take said brain ball. And then so later you can put that brain ball into an Ikea version of Dolores. Caleb asks Dolores how it is she is always able to predict his actions. Apparently, when she was, and they don't spell this out explicitly, but it's nice actually the way they do this. So apparently, when Dolores was in the library inside the forge, she read up on Caleb's park profile, which he has because military service members were being sent to Park 5 for, like, live round military training against hosts in, like, some kind of scenario where the United States has been invaded or something. And he remembers this, I guess, since she brought it up. And his comrades, and he saves some civilians in this simulation, and then one of them's like, hey, well, since the civilians that we saved aren't people but robots, let's bang them against their will. What all humans, or most humans, do as they enter uh, Westworld or any of the parks, hey, let's bang these robots. We port back into reality, or, you know what I just realized? Something that never came up in this finale was if anything was a simulation. That was never answered. Yes, and, and it was teased know. for a few episodes, and then they kind of dropped that. As I said, we move back into reality. My brain just yelled in fire at me like, they didn't even explore whatever. Anyway, we're back in reality. Dolores says to Caleb, free will does exist, but it's just fucking hard. And the choice to free everyone is still yours, Caleb. You're the chosen one. Caleb asked Dolores if he was chosen specifically because he is a bad dude. And Dolores says, don't question my motivations and I won't question yours. You only saved me because I'm a, I'm a hot girl, all right? If I had been a big, ugly, fat guy bleeding out in the alley, you would have stepped right over me. <laughs> and he looks at her like, hmm, touche. William visits his accountant, I guess. He has lost access to his money when he was committed to the insane asylum. And he demands to have it back so that he can save the world. And the accountant's like, okay, I'll, I'll just make a note of this. He needs $100 million to save the world. Save Is that a sound investment? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he was marked as deceased. So his assets were frozen, but this guy is going to thaw them out in hopes that William can use all that money to stop the extinction of the human race. At Insight headquarters, Sirak debriefs Maeve and then orders her to go find Caleb and retrieve Dolores's pearl. In one of the first of many, many walking through the city scenes, Dolores and Caleb are walking through the city, and <laughs> Caleb thinks that this is, you know, bad what's going on, and Dolores is like, no, it's good, actually, if there's rioting. They kill right. some of Sirak's goons who were coming down in an elevator waiting to ambush them, so they go a different way. They meet up with some Rico mercs that Dolores has hired to be Caleb's personal army. So the Rico app's still working. Sorok not monitoring at all. No, and both the quote-unquote good and quote-unquote bad guys using it. Whoever has the most money is gaining the most value from the Rico app. And the most money at the moment, or at least the most vigilant money, is Dolores's as she hires people to help herself and... 
you said in the Discord while we were watching, that, like, how does Sorak not shut this off? How how is the the riots happening? He's like, good, perfect. We got to where we needed. Let's not have an app where Dolores can hire an army with her money. I get that Rehoboam can can't predict Dolores or Caleb's actions. That's been well established, but. You know, all of these Rico goons and people participating in the riot, assumably, like, we know at least Ash and Giggles have a profile within the system, so it's like, shouldn't he still have a pretty good grasp on what they're doing? Or any, whatsoever. Walking, 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 they continue the walking through the city. Dolores gets a psychic message from Charlotte Hale Dolores, who has also, somehow, with money, I guess, paid more Rico mercs to kill their original merc which they promptly do. So in one scene, we got some soldiers, and then in the very next scene, they're all dead. Yeah, these ones can hit a shot, oddly enough. These ones actually went to the school of shooting bullets in people and actually hitting them. Yeah, she got the she got the paid up subscription to get the good mercs who can shoot. Right, this is nine ninety nine a month, and they actually took some classes in how to shoot a gun. Yeah, Dolores is trying to save money. <laughs> Crispy Chicken Charlotte says in her ear, basically, one-way hologramming. She's not as crispy anymore, and she says, you know, I'm mad. Uh, you, you, you wanted to murder me, or at least you knew I was going to die. You say that you love me. I don't fucking believe you. How dare you now die now? But it doesn't go well because Dolores apparently has more money. I don't know where Charlotte Crispy Chickenhale got her cash did she also murder a German? You know, after her family was blown up, she must probably put that house on the market. And it was a pretty nice big house in the suburbs yeah. outside of L.A., so probably at yeah. least a million dollars. Yeah, you're right. The way she got her money is sound real estate investments. Dolores pays one of the attackers to kill the other two, and then that's that. It's that easy. There should walking, probably be walking, a clause walking. in the Rico app that's like you can't take any other jobs while you're on this current job. Like... No, that's like a, one of the main things the Rico app is for, layering jobs on top of each other until everyone's sleepy and they fall asleep. Some armored riot police arrive, and I don't know why this is more of a dire threat than the Rico mercs, but it is. And so Dolores tries to hold them off, and she tells Caleb to go. And Caleb's like, wait, it hasn't been established where we're going yet. <laughs> but he heads off into the night, walking, walking, walking. Dolores meets up with Maeve. On a footbridge. There's so many footbridges in this episode. There is. And this is from the trailer. Maeve again has brought a sword to a gunfight, which is stupid. Dolores refuses to let Maeve inside her mind. Instead, she chooses to fight off the riot police all by herself while getting shot at and not hit once, which is hard to imagine. And then Maeve just standing there, apparently, not helping being as useful as she has been for Ciroc up to this point. Although the part where she used a dude as a meat shield after she jumped off of a bridge and then shot him while she was falling off the bridge, that was actually solid. Yeah, I'm good fine, fight I'm scene, fine with that part. Yeah. Yeah. It, honestly, it was a good fight scene compared to every other fight scene. You were like, oh, this one's not awful. Meanwhile, Caleb meets up with more nameless, faceless Rico mercenaries, and together they head to the Insight office. It's a very short little scene. Walking, walking, walking. Maeve gets to Dolores, and they continue to fight. Dolores stops the katana with her hand, which I don't think she was able to do previously. That's why I thought this skeleton was a little different. Right, the unobtainium adamantium that she has gained now. She's had some upgrades. Yeah, she's the Terminator, 
And Maeve accuses Dolores of wanting to destroy the world and repopulate it with copies of her. I like Dolores' comeback here. She's like, well, all the hosts are already copies of me. I'm the original host. Yeah, that actually was a good revelation. It makes sense. Everyone's kind of just Dolores Prime in a web, like a coaching tree. And Maeve is, uh, for a moment, like, huh, I'm going to I'm gonna promptly forget that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I got to think about that, but we're fighting now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, this fight, this fight sucks. Yeah, well, it's just Dolores throwing Maeve several feet around. And Dolores beats Maeve into the ground, but she does not coup de gras her. Because she's like, there's no point in killing you, because eventually we should be on the same team anyway. Go walk your own path, Maeve. And she walks away coolly like an action hero. And that's when Charlotte Halebot appears again. And this time can freeze. Uh, she can freeze Dolores because of the access that she had inside of Delos. Which you'd think at this point would have been revoked. Right. This was stupid. Like, just, oh, you, that's, wow, super convenient. Maeve takes up her katana and stalks over to Dolores. But the scene cuts. Even though we already know that the sword is ineffective against Dolores, so at least we know she's not going to chop her head off. Right, the stakes aren't very high at this point. As Caleb continues walking to Insight, they find that the city is totally locked down, and the important corporate offices are being protected uh, by the police with a giant barricade. Some rioters attempt to rush the barricade, but the big red giant Delos robot shoots some gas canisters at them. Caleb almost collapses from the tear gas when Giggles arrives and grabs and throws the tear gas back at the police. Giggles, played by Marshawn Lynch, using his NFL passing and or catching and throwing tear gas skills back, something I'm sure he's practiced many times. Ash is there, too, somewhere, Lena Waithe, and the, the, the riot robot pisses me off. We kind of got, like, it was very much the elephants in Season 8 of Game of Thrones. We got... We got promised more robots would do more things, and then none of that happened. Very much like, are we in a simulation, question mark. We're not going to bring that up ever again. But who cares? Giggles is dope. He's smooth as heck. He catches a tear gas. He throws it back. And then Lena Waithe tells him, and Giggles does too, hey, there's a police helicopter. You can just go get in that. They walk towards that, walking, walking, walking. Giggles gets shot. Very sad. Hopefully he doesn't die. Ash takes care of him. Caleb gets in a helicopter that inexplicably works. And then he just kind of like thinks over what his life has become. Yeah, he's like, well, I hope I'm doing the right thing, whatever whatever it is I'm doing right now. Yeah, I'm deep. I'm deep into this. Bernard arrives in a suburban neighborhood with a wounded Stubbs in the back seat. He's just like driving a car like he's a normal guy. Yeah, he's driving a, I think it's a Cadillac. It's a nice oh, classic car. He has great taste. Inside, there is an old woman who Bernard recognizes, but she doesn't recognize him. But it's okay. She's having a good day, so she's going to be at least present for said conversation. This is Lauren, played by Gina Torres, and she, the last time we saw her in the Bernie memories, wasn't old, but now she is. Oh, so they, they, they aged up the actress with makeup and effects? Yeah. Oh, they pulled a watchman on her. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is Arnold's widow, mother of Charlie. Well, ex-mother of Charlie. Right. Sad. <laughs> yeah. Bernard has come to apologize for leaving her after Charlie died. You know, sorry I left you 
to go become crazy in a theme park and then kill myself, even though I didn't actually do that. Uh, a copy of me, who I was then copied by memory of, so I'm a copy of a copy of a guy who was insensitive to you, and I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that was my bad, and I apologize. This is actually probably the best scene in the episode. It is, um, by far. And it's something that connects back to the old season's... Right, because the old seasons were the good nostalgic times. At Insight Headquarters, Serac interrogates Dolores and is deleting her memories, both as a way to search for the cognitive data from the park and as a form of torture. The first thought that and or memory that Serac deletes was Dolores being raped by William, so... Yeah, good riddance to that one, yeah. <laughs> right, she deletes Peter Abernathy, which is sad. Maeve actually looks sad that this is happening, thinking to herself, oh, this could be me. Caleb arrives. He is back in the personals business, apparently, after he kills three and then takes a key card from one and lets that one go. So he has free will, and he uses it all willy-nilly. Caleb very easily solos his way to Rehoboam. Uh, but before he can plug in the drive... One of Serac's, like, top goons who's been in a lot of scenes, but I don't think he's had a lot of lines, and he kind of shows why, because uh, he has one line in this scene that he doesn't deliver that well. He's like, I've been waiting for you. Right. That's Sebastian. He sucks. He said one line. It was pretty stupid. He has, like, piano wire to try to kill Caleb. I How does Serac, the richest man in the world, not have an army of people between Caleb and him. I don't know. I just, it's really stupid. Anyway, Sebastian gets suplexed by Caleb and is D.E.D. dead. Not a real victory, though, because moments later, Maeve arrives and Cal just gives up because he knows he's been beaten. Too bad Maeve did not get there 15 seconds earlier to save the French guy's life. Who cares? Sebastian's dead and I'm glad. Maeve brings him to Sirac and Rehoboam in the basement of the Insight building. Caleb accuses Serac of ruining his life and the lives of his friends, and Serac said that he was just using Caleb according to his natural abilities as a ruthless, sociopathic killer. Serac then claims that Dolores is the real villain here, and has Rehoboam show Caleb what would have happened had he uploaded that drive, which is that it would have caused mass worldwide casualty events. Surprise, it's genocide! Can't turn off Rehoboam! Or people all over the world are going to die. Okay, good. Good that that's established. Yeah, we got that one down. Serac crushes the genocide USB drive, so that one's out of there. And we uh, we cut back to the outside where the riots are kind of breaking up. We see Ash being arrested. We don't see Giggles, so is he dead? We don't know. We then port right back. And Maeve is starting to be able to understand that she can read Rehoboam's mind and or just read and like listen to what Rehoboam is saying in Serac's ear. Because as it turns out, Serac's a total puppers and is just saying what Rehoboam is telling him to say. Yeah, Serac is totally whipped and whatever his giant red computer girlfriend says, he just repeats as if it's his own original thought and... You know, so Maeve totally loses respect for him. It's like, wow, at least I, th I thought I was being menaced by a person and not just a mouthpiece, but whatever. Right. A bit disappointed. Maeve is done worshipping other people's gods. She tries to leave, but Serac has a robot button, so she can't. 
And throughout this season, a theory slash question people are asking where is Rock real? He's a hologram a lot of the time, but even even so, is he perhaps a robot? Is he perhaps just a manifestation of Rehoboam? And he is kind of, but he's like the like janky put together version of that where he has an earpiece and he's a real person. We thought it would be like more complicated slash technologically advanced than that, but not. Nah, he's just like has an earpiece and is saying his robot ball words. So I guess that's pretty straightforward, sadly. Mavis become very impatient that Sirach still has not found the key to the sublime. And she decides to try to read Dolores' mind herself in order to look for it. And she can't find it. So Sirach then starts to threaten Caleb, who knows nothing and wouldn't tell him even if he did. This yeah. is Sirach's big Dr. Evil moment. He literally has a gun to Caleb's head. And he's like, all right, take him away and shoot him. It's like, all right, well, you could just shoot him right here and run it now. None of the evil characters in any film or TV show has ever watched a movie or a TV show. If one of them ever had, they'd be like, this is the time where if I just killed him, it would go so much better than if I gave him 20 minutes to figure it out. Sirach orders Dolores to be completely deleted, but before they can carry through with that, there's a mysterious power surge, but actually it's just Maeve. Because she has power, she's Professor Xavier, everyone remember that. She uses this delay to psychically speak with Dolores. You know, it's actually kind of a nice scene. Dolores uh, admits to Maeve that she doesn't have the key because she gave it to Bernard. Dolores and Maeve talk and come to realize that they have a lot in common and that they should have been allies from the very start. A duh! A godoy. They're in the field in Westworld where Dolores was painting in season one. It feels good. It feels like a nice warm blanket to be back in Westworld, see Dolores in her blue dress and Maeve in her white dress, we see memories of William picking up the milk can. We learn from Dolores that it's not the robots or her decision to make for the complete annihilation of the human race. So bamboozled back and forth whether or not Dolores actually wanted the genocide to happen. Turns out she didn't, but you could have fooled me. And her plan apparently was to convince one man to fight slash... Maeve asks her that, and she's like, no, not just one man. You haven't picked a side. I don't know why in this instance Dolores is Clint Eastwood, but... Yeah, one man and one host. Yeah, that's the name of the autobiography that Maeve is going to write at the end of this. Maeve comes back to the real world and frees Caleb and begins to turn on Serac. He freezes her with the key, but then she just destroys the, 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 the switch key thing. And and then kills all the guards. So it's like, Maeve, Maeve destroys the switch. And it's like, was that always an option? <laughs> you know? Apparently it was, but she just didn't, like, try hard enough. She didn't think before. of that. She's like, oh, of course. <laughs> right. Just, just turn off the switch. God, I'm such a dummy. It's a, that was so easy. Before we move on from the prior scene, we I think we have to give it its moment in time. Because, one, we saw James Marsden being kissed by Dolores. We saw Dolores saying, beauty, maybe they can find the beauty themselves. I choose to see the beauty, which is a, a, a you know a recall from season one. And it was most likely, unless, you know, they Westworld us, 
the last moment that Dolores is alive in the series. No, because Lawrence Dolores is still out there. Oh my god. And Crispy Chicken Hale, I guess, is still out. But I so perhaps what I'm trying to say is is it the last time we see Evan Rachel Wood? Right. Well, they'll probably use her voice in voiceovers for episode recaps. Ever. Forever. Yeah, for the next two seasons. And Anthony Hopkins will be... They'll intertwine season two quotes and season three quotes of Dolores and Anthony Hopkins into perpetuity. Now freed, Caleb wonders why it is that Dolores chose him, if it really was just because he's a killer. Maeve says that it's not the case. She chose him because of his inherent morality. And we see the end of that scene of Caleb and the soldiers in the park. Soldiers really want to rape those civilian hosts, including Dolores, which is interesting to see her as like dressed up as like a 20th century person. That's actually the probably the moment where it will be the last time we see Evan Rachel Wood. Caleb's like, no, let's not do that. Also, how fucked up would it be? You know, we're soldiers. Uh, you know, me and my boys are just going to have sex with some robots out here in the open, like, what, right next to each other? Are superior officers cool with this? Like, yeah. Park 5 orgy, dudes. Let's do it. Sirak tries to have Rehoboam call for backup. I don't know why he only had, like, six guys to kill him. That's his thing, man. He's like, he's he doesn't like to have more than, you know, five or six guards near him at any given time in the entire building. No, he really, he his favorite thing is giving him a very low chance of succeeding. But he has lost control of the supercomputer. Caleb now has control over Rehoboam because Solomon's access to Rehoboam was buried inside of Dolores' memories, which was uploaded to Rehoboam when she was deleting her memories. And now that access has been given to Caleb in my notes. I have... What? <laughs> what? It reminds me of what just happened like 20 minutes ago where Hale now has access to Dolores because she is inside Delos. I was like, oh my, the amount of convenience Or like when, De- is so when Dolores, Hale put virus in William's blood, like a computer right. virus. <laughs> just examples of terrible, terrible writing. Anyway, you gloss over that. Not important. Serac yeah, is now defeated. <laughs> He's defeated and kind of stabbed. Caleb then commands Rehoboam to erase himself, and apparently this was Solomon's final plan after all. So, yeah, Caleb even says that. He's like, execute Solomon's final plan and delete yourself. But the final plan, I thought, was on the red thumb drive, which got crushed. And then also, I thought they established many times that if they executed Solomon's final plan, it's going to lead to a lot of people dying. Caleb apparently now cool with that. Yes. No, he saw it on the screen. Exactly what would happen. Probable genocide. And Dolores is like, nah, they're wrong. Giant brain ball's wrong. You're the great leader. It's going to be fine. Bernard takes Stubbs to a shitty motel. And it is not immediately clear if this is an abandoned motel. Probably soon to be, since the world's about to end. He puts him in an ice bath. The only purpose of that being that, like, oh, you will survive slightly longer if you're cold, but, you know, you'll still die. He is bleeding out, Stubbs is. Bernard gives him some shitty booze, and we kind of feel like Stubbs is also going to be gone. I think this is the last time we'll see Luke Hemsworth, but who knows? Bernie sits down, says that he's the key to the sublime. He puts on a VR headset. He looks over at Stubbs. He says, you're a good friend, Stubbs. 
And Stubb says back to him, fuck you, Bernard, which is a perfect end, not in the show anymore line, which is why I feel like he's gone. Maeve and Caleb outside watch as the ending to Fight Club plays out in LA. Right. So <laughs> stupid. Caleb's on Team Maeve now, which, Except fine. What's the, what's the song that's playing here? Was it Dark Side of the Moon? I think it's called Brain Damage by Pink okay. Floyd. Yeah, I wasn't paying great attention. Yeah, no, I wasn't either. I literally had to ask. Sam was sitting next to me, and I was like, did you read that? I'm not going to look it up on Google. Anyway, yeah, Caleb, Maeve, together, I guess. And like you said, the end of Fight Club happens, and this is where they bring back all the vats of accelerant that were in Lars's police SWAT van right at the beginning of the episode. So this is a Dolores 100% plan part of it. Even if she's dead, she's still making buildings explode, which is positive. Caleb looks over at Maeve. He's like, you know what, Maeve? You met me at a really strange time in my life. Right, exactly. And the Pixies start playing. I love that song. I love that movie. How good is Fight Club? So good, dude. Let's just stop talking about this episode and start talking about Fight Club. Well, we can't. You know why, right? Why? Because the number one rule of Fight Club, James. Oh, right, shit. Sorry, I already broke it. You broke the second one, too, but... <laughs> I don't forgive you for either. And it, just like Fight Club, then the credits roll. In an after-credits scene, William storms the Delos facility in search of hosts. This was cool. I was excited for this. He finds Charlotte Hale there, and she still has, like, her Anakin Skywalker arm. But other than that, she's been fixed. She wanted a token to remember, I, I, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. She has a crispy chicken arm, but the rest of her is regular Hale. One of a few Dolores eyes that still exist, except I guess if you count every robot that's ever existed now in this world as a copy of Dolores that I guess more. she She's within the mall, James. She will live on, except for Evan Rachel Wood's contract is over. Charlotte Hale declares that she has diverged with Dolores Prime. Oh, no way. That the big mistake she made was not carrying through with her plan to destroy all of humanity. Yeah, yeah, Hale, we got two sides of one Dolores coin. Fun. And to that end, she has built a Man in Black host. Not exactly a William host. This is season one Man in Black host. At least dressed that way. And it is very similar to exactly what happened to real Charlotte Hale. And as Man in Black William, Robot William, came out to meet what we assume is the real human version of William, I immediately was like, oh my god, they're killing off William too? But keeping Ed Harris, thank god they're keeping Ed Harris, but I don't want this. I don't want this at all. Well... You know, we do find out that it doesn't make much of a difference, right? Because, like, this wasn't even the original Bernard. It was, like, a composite character made from Dolores's memories of Bernard, right? Yeah, I guess. But either way, it was still really a bummer to watch the Man in Black original, what we think is... Uh, you have to caveat every stupid sentence for this show. What we think is the original Man in Black get his throat slit... Yeah, he gets murdered. This was an interesting scene. After that, we see that she has rows and rows of dozens of 3D printers working on making more hosts. So we see the beginning of William's life as a child who is a bit of a rebel, breaking arms, breaking noses. And this is the end of William's life in Dubai in a basement, you know, getting his throat slit by a robot version of himself. I'm sure he could have seen this coming. 
I'm waiting for her to make the Yule Brenner host already. Yes, bring back 1960s, 70s Yule Brenner. That's what everyone's yearning for, truly. Is he still alive? I don't know the answer to that question. No, he died in the 80s. <laughs> cool. Well, that's not the... It's not cool. But like in the 80s was so long ago that it's like, uh, you know, it happened. Rip Yule. In the final scene of season three... Some much, much, much time later, Bernard, covered in dust, wakes from the sublime. Just, you know, so in the far-flung future. So he was there for a very long time. Stubbs is probably dead. What did he see in there? We do not know. Obviously, it has been a long time. Where on the timeline does this line up with the post credit scene of season two, where now we understand a robot version of the man in black goes down to the bottom of the Westworld park to meet a robot version of his daughter and has a short but sweet conversation there to see if he has passed the fidelity test as of yet. So where on the timeline is that? And you know, what happened between Bernie going to sleep, looking into the sublime and coming back to make him all dusty? Or, you know, maybe uh, an atomic bomb went off nearby and covered everything in red ash. And and it hasn't been that long, actually. Right. Maybe just a thermonuclear accident like which happened in Paris. So was the twist of the season that there was no twist? Well, I was going to say it's interesting that this is the longest episode of season three, but it took us the least amount of time to recap. Yes, again, because season three was a very linear storyline that didn't have times in which we had to stop and really dig in, right? It just, what happened is what happened, and there is, like, it's all sort of surface. Yeah, nothing's a simulation. No, it's not. Exactly. No large, weird twist. Which, is that better? I don't know if that's better. And it's the shortest season, and so yeah, conceptually the most simple... The shortest amount of episodes, no huge mystery apart from, like, Caleb. So, people who are new to Season 3, I hope you enjoyed Season 3 because it was mostly for you. Like, 90% for you. Did you like Season 2 better than Season 3? Uh, you know, I maybe have to rewatch it, but I would say, you know, just... My my initial reaction would be like, yes, because season two has Teddy and Lee and Ford. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think I agree. I would probably have to rewatch it. But off the top of my head, I still have first season as the best. I would put third season as second and the second season as the worst. But I think there are a lot of people who just don't remember how frustrated they felt during season two and and now have gotten to the end of season three, seen a bunch of scenes that had really kind of weird, poor writing, seen a hairpiece on Caleb that no one could ever look past ever when they figured out that it was there and been like, this was definitely the worst season so far. I was like, okay, because you like being a naysayer doesn't make that true. So you were joking about Dolores's contract being up, F and Rachel Wood, that is, but is that the truth? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it seems like she's pretty dead. So if it's not, then like when we get to the end of every season, I think we have to, we always say the same thing. What are they going to do next year? Or to be fair, I guess this is Westworld. So what are they going to do two years from now when season four comes out? And whether or not Dolores is going to be there, I would put money, uh, not a lot, but I'd put a little bit of money on her not being there. So... Right, it seems like they've written they've written Dolores and they've written Bernard out of season four. 
What do you mean, Bernard? Because he's now stuck in the Matrix until the far-flung future. Oh, I hope not. I don't know. She just got that big raise, too. Remember that they she wasn't getting as much pay as uh, her male co-star? She got a raise up to 250 grand an episode, and then they write her out? Conspiracy much? So this is from Time Magazine. The title is, Westworld Season 4 is happening. Here's everything we know so far. <laughs> okay. This is how Precious James th- reads everything, by the way. <laughs> Precious little is known beyond the fact that the series is definitely getting rebooted for another go-around. Don't use the word rebooted, Time Magazine, because that's not what that means. It's having another season. Yeah. From the Westworld theme park to the technocratic metropolis of the near future, we've thoroughly enjoyed every twist and turn in the minds of master storyteller Jonathan Nolan Lisa Joy, president of HBO programming Casey Bloys said, we can't wait to see where their inspired vision takes us next. Beyond season four, there will possibly be a fifth season in the works, or if God allows, a multi-season plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what does un- God have to do with this? Citing unspecified sources, the Hollywood Reporter recently claimed that there may be even six seasons. Right. So best case scenario, six seasons in a movie. Fans can't wait for their mind-boggling puzzle to return. We'll have to hold their mechanical horses. Just amazing writing here. Joy <laughs> and Nolan both say that it, there will likely be another 18 to 20 months, roughly, before season five is released. Or season that four, is- rather. Yeah, not surprising. And now with the Rona, uh, God, back three years from now. I'm guessing three years. As Jonah and Lisa will tell you, I always say, can we get it sooner? HBO President Blois told Variety. As the show gets bigger and more complicated, I think more time between seasons is probably becoming the norm. I don't like that. I don't like that norm. No, that's a bad norm. norm. (laughs) Stupid norm. Get over it. They are 100% on board, Blois said, of the show's creators, so they're going to stick around for season four. Addressing the news that Nolan and Joy left Warner Brothers TV for a deal with Amazon Studios, uh, she assured fans that they remained dedicated to the dystopian show. We have deals with them for the potential fourth and fifth seasons. The deal with them at Amazon is for, I believe, everything but Westworld. But they're very committed to Westworld, so I'm not worried about losing their focus. They don't lose focus. All right, so Jonah and Lisa going nowhere. They'll still be around for season four. Fourth and fifth season, where they said a possible sixth season. Does that mean the there might be a final season of Westworld without the show's creators? And they close with a quote that James Marsden had back in season one that I believe we talked about at the time. It's not about getting the first ten episodes done. It's about mapping out the, the, what the next five or six years are going to be. Well, five and six years is actually only four seasons because you're taking 18 months between them. Yeah, It's going to be more than 18. This is going to be a long, long time I, I it hasn't hit me yet that the season is already done eight episodes come and gone and w- we now are in the long long wait right and a, you know a total a total world building done and then undone in the season it was like here's the setting here's here's everything about you know the new reality that the characters are li- inhabiting and now it's gone we deleted it a, a guy with a hairpiece deleted it so, yeah, I mean, I need more time to process this, I think. But, um, you know, I didn't hate the season finale. I didn't love it either. Just okay. This is true about most of season three. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good is how exactly I feel. We did have some immediate reaction on Twitter and on our private patron Discord. Douchebag Johnny, Johnny K. Vu, said, 
word from the streets say that the final shot of this season will be, in fact be Jesse Pinkman taking off his pants, really revealing his dong, then fade to black as they play a piano version of Hotel California. Sadly, not what happened. Yeah, and and a, and a disappointing amount of dongs overall. Not enough. Not nearly enough. Hashtag not nearly enough dong. Lauren, a very lovely LJ, said, I am floored by the other copy. Think, how did you get here? Line from Inception? Question mark. Also, by the way, here's why I didn't like the finale. Dolores oh. could have told Maeve that she was doing a long time ago and it avoided a lot of these fights. That's not incorrect. Man, and, and, and very lovely LJ was on board for season three up until now and they lost her. She also says, what happened to Clementine and Samurai Woman? These are also good questions. Yes. Where are they? I guess they couldn't catch a flight to L.A. in time. No. And she also says, last but not least, so I guess there were last season post credit scene connects to William becoming a host after his A.I. daughter tested him for fidelity. That's what I'm saying, dude. And then let's go to Patreon. Yeah, Major Woody just said no redemption for this season with a finale. Some disappointment across the board. I think I stand by it being pretty good. Pretty good is exactly what I'll say. But the other thing I thought of was them killing off Dolores. Is that killing off Ned Stark, but three seasons in? I really liked this live chatting, me, you, Major Woody. It was nice to gripe while watching the show together. (laughs) Live gripe. Yeah, see you in 18 months when we do it again, right? Yeah, 22 to 28 months. I'll be there. So next week, we will probably be doing a full season analysis, breakdown, review So join us here for that. Send us any comments you have about Season 3 in its totality, and we can discuss them on the show. Right, and we're also going to be recording a bonus content episode for our patrons this week called The Gift Bag, and that will be really cool. We're going to be bringing stuff to each other to talk about from the internet, but we find interesting. So go over to Patreon and give us a dollar. Yeah, a dollar, what? That's that's the same price as a, as a collect call in it's 1998. Just, yeah, there were, there, were, there were commercials about that. Give us a Too dollar. expensive, Our, by the way. To, for, what, for a single collect call, a dollar? But I guess it was, it, was, it was like 30 minutes or something. This is a very, very late complaint. <laughs> Our patrons are Atheism is Unstoppable, Baca Man, Brent Ginn, Carol Andreas, Chris Wood, Cliff Wilding, Craig, Day 11 Podcast, Hello underscore Yo, James Christopher, James Watch My Dong, which I believe is Johnny K. Vu. Very nice. John Jers, Lee, (laughs) and Major Woody. Thank you for the dollars. Yes, these are the supporters who bring the show out to everyone who's listening. And if you'd like to join us on the Discord chat and hear our premium content, please kick in a dollar or more if you can. Uh, If not, it also means a lot to us. If you follow us on Twitter, he's at Westworld Ryan. I'm James Watches Men. Hashtag best Twitter name all time. You can also follow us on SoundCloud or give us a positive review on any of the relevant podcast apps. I listen to us on Spotify at 1.5x speed. I use the iTunes podcast app because even though it isn't very good, it's wow. what I'm used to. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the thing that I'm most comfortable with and everyone's going to have to deal with that. So yeah, join us here next week for our season three retrospective I'm James. Another season in the bag. Pretty neat. Pretty big. This is a big, a smaller bag this season than all the other bags. Give me a and... bigger bag. And also, by the way, I'm Ryan. <laughs> and this is the Westworld Podcast. Are you getting on me for not saying Ryan? You can't even say Ryan. I elongate the end now. <laughs> That's my bag. Noise.